G'day, this is Dom Harvey from The Edge Breakfast Show, and you're listening to The Kiwi Running Show. Kia ora and welcome to episode 36 of The Kiwi Running Show. I'm Hamish Meacham. I'm Hayden Sherman. Thanks for joining us today. We've got a pretty sweet show lined up, Hayden. Pretty cool interview you've arranged. Yeah, yeah, we've got, we've got Tim Cornish. Was that a little earthquake? Did you feel that? No, I think uh, it was just a, oh, Yeah, anyway. a car going past yeah, or something. Yeah. Okay, Here so it, anyway. Kiwi Running Show Studios, <laughs> a.k.a. Yeah. Hayden's car, because we've been kicked out of Hayden's house. So. <laughs> it's a nice view, though. Hayden, <laughs> when are you going to arrange, like, some sponsors for the show, like pay for some studio space? Yeah, that'd be good, eh? Maybe I could get a little bit of branded gear... Yeah, like maybe yeah. we could set up our own Facebook page and stuff like that that no, we should have done for ages. No, 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 no. <laughs> Terrible idea. Well, you know, if there's any sponsors out there that want to sponsor the show, we won't say no. It's not actually well, we won't say no, but it's not actually a serious. We're not, we're not fishing for money. But uh, anyway, look, tell us about the show, Hayden. Well, fishing for money. I think I, um, I've got two dollars fifty coming my way. Ah, oh, <laughs> you're a dick. God. <laughs> because. Yeah. Um, because the big news at the weekend was the Tarawera Ultra, which I picked both the winners. Yeah, I was hoping to kind of gloss over this, but no, <laughs> well done. You did somehow randomly pick both the winners. Uh, in fact, well, they were the favourites. Yeah, really, yeah. well, it turns honest. out I hadn't done my research. I didn't realise how good this uh, Jim Wormsley fella was. Um, he's, he's pretty good, eh? He's freaking exceptional. So. so the race record, was that about eight hours or so? Hey, yeah, no one's gone under eight hours. And he ran... 7.23. 7.23. So averaging, like, not much over four minutes per kilometre, like four tens, four twenties sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, well, that, it's just flying. It's inconceivable. Uh, yeah, and it's, it's not it's not flat. It's not a mountainous... Um, race, but it's not flat at the it's, same time. It's, it's trail, hilly. it's trail yeah. running, it's technical, it's hilly, um, and that performance that's amazing, that's incredible. Yeah, and oh. he won by 50 minutes almost, just I under know. 50 minutes. I, I kept looking, I was looking at the uh, the live feed of the race and, and just thinking, oh, he's got to come back to them. Yeah. You know, quality runners behind him, like really, really amazing athletes. And not only did he never come back to me, he just, just kept pulling away. Just kept on rolling. Yeah, and he just wasn't interested in slowing down. Yeah. Like, it was... It's pretty amazing. I... You know, I'm really interested to see what he goes on to do from here. It, a lot of the time, ultra runners tend to be a bit flash in the pan because there's so many racing opportunities for them. So they do a lot of racing. Yeah. They, they over-race, I think. And... Uh, and you know you tend to see a series of really good results and then not so much you know they 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 are just uh kind of okay after that i'd really like to see him manage his career sensibly because to me he appears to be a lot better than than the likes you know we hear a lot about sage Canada and guys like that well he just fucking sorry excuse my language <laughs> he just smashed his best time around tarawera by over half an hour yeah. So, well, the it's, guy's no joke. Yeah. It's the thing with I think ultra trail races. We don't really know what what the what the the potential is for for human 
ability um, like with the marathon men's marathon you know the the two hour barriers becoming this big sort of mm. mythic barrier to get through and yeah. uh, obviously the miles of four three fifty um, ish is is kind of that that world standard but it's it's hard because conditions change in in the trails and it's hard to compare one race to the other yeah yeah, yeah it is it is look amazing result it's great to have such a, a high profile competitive race right here in New Zealand um, we're at the forefront front of world trail running um, so yeah great opportunities actually I'd love to see us develop a, you know I think we've got on the women's side what's her name Anna Frost who's yep. one of the very top elites in the world on the men's side I think there's a bit of a r- bit of room for us to really have a, a top guy mixing it with these blokes yeah yeah um, so great opportunity there for somebody speaking of which um, Sam McCutcheon now I got it all wrong last week I was referring to the 2016 results for the big easy yeah um, so Sam McCutcheon didn't race last weekend. <laughs> so he came back and picked up third at the Tarawera Ultra after having a restful weekend somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so he got third in 8.12, and so Jim Wormsley was 7.23, and then in second was Jonas Budd in yeah. 8.10. Yeah, last year's winner, Jonas Budd. Yep. Yeah, and then uh, in the ladies, it wasn't just guys running, <laughs> not yeah. sexist pigs, um, Camille Heron took out the win, so she was my pick again uh, in 8.56, and then Magda Bollet, um, so she's she's like the 2.26 marathon Olympian yeah. um, in 9.20, and then Cecilia Flory in 9.21. I'd just like to point out that I you didn't like smash me, my picks both finished second. Nice. Like very yeah. reputable, but yeah, you'll, you'll get your money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Put it on an IOU. Now we've got to jump over to an interview, so we'll be back very soon. Okay, and we are back from our interview. Um, so I need to tidy up the results from the Big Easy uh, the other weekend because I did 2016 results. I'm sure everyone found that really useful. But um, to tidy up the results, um, let me jump over to the the 100k, which is the one that we're we're most interested about. So in first place was Danny Garrett in 10:24, and he won by six minutes ahead of Martin Kern, and then with the ladies we had Jill Fowler take out the win in 12.35 and she won by uh, over two hours so really really big win so well done to everyone taking part there now what what other news have we had um, going on around the place Hamish that's a good question I'm uh, I'm in <laughs> the middle of <laughs> yeah I'm in the middle of trying to find out what university Olivia Burden um, attends which I, I haven't got to the bottom let's of that let's just pick out a university yeah well um, America somewhere Old Miss We'll go with Old Miss. Old Miss? Yeah. Okay. Uh, anyway, look, uh, should we go with a bit of Nitro results? Yes, yeah. Yeah, it's... look, we've had a great interview with Tim Cornish. Is that, has that been played already? Uh, we we'll gonna... put it on at the end, eh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Tim Cornish um, was part of the first ever New Zealand team to the Nitro Athletics Series, and they did amazing. Look, there's been two more meets since we uh, talked with you last time. Um, I'm going to pick out the standout result. It's been all over the news. Joseph Miller ran a, a 10.300 metres. He ran a gr- another great 150, finishing just beside, just behind Usain Bolt. Um, I'm really. And that's got to feel yeah, good, eh? It's got to feel out. good. And look, I I did a bit of an interview uh, with with Joseph a, a few weeks ago for the show, a few months ago. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. And um, you know, I've 
in the past I've been critical of New Zealand sprinters. I do, I suspect they haven't done the work that they've needed to do to get to a world-class level. Joseph Miller has proved me and other naysayers wrong to a large extent. This 10.3, looking at that race, there's a lot more to come. Yeah. He is not... Oh. He's not, uh, you know, the world champ speed qualifier is 10.2. He'll be desperate to reach that. Um, it seems such a short amount of time, eh? Oh, that that yeah. one tenth of a second. But it, 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 is it looks it is quite a, lot, a, a large amount when you're actually watching it live. Yeah, yeah. I mean, get out of the blocks a little bit better and, yeah. you know, you'll have it. So, yeah, look, I'm. The thing is, he's coming back home and he's not going to have the same level of competition. So, you know, I'm not saying he's definitely going to qualify for world champs, but he's one to watch out for. Uh, so I'm just now picking out random results. Tori Peters, uh, javelin thrower, uh, she broke the New Zealand senior record. of uh, She threw 55.73. So, uh, you know, absolutely fantastic. Do you know what sort of, what's kind of world-class or like Olympic qualifier for women's javelin? It's oh, it'd be something. over 60 okay. and, and world-class you're getting out to kind of 65. But, you know, baby steps, you got to start somewhere. So, yeah. and Tori Peters, yeah, she's... Um, she's pretty young. I want to say she's 22, 23, very athletic, you know, so that that's a great kind of roadmark on her journey. Um, cool. And, and to tie up the Nitro Athletics, we finished in sixth place out of out of six teams, but that doesn't paint the full picture. Um, nah, it doesn't. It doesn't. We took kind of like a bit of a development team. You know, Joseph Miller yeah. was the star, but outside of Joseph Miller, you know, None of these runners have been to a senior world championship, including Joseph Miller. Yeah, and so, when you're looking at other teams like having Usain Bolt yeah, or yeah, yeah. Um, Jeff Risley or Ryan Gregson yeah. and their teams, you know, these are Olympians and um, really elite performers. Yeah. So we did really well. So um, congratulations to Team New Zealand. They re- represented us really well. And so Nitro is done for a season. There's at least two more seasons to come. And uh, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing And all in Melbourne. So they they do three three events over about a week. Yep. Um, so it's it's cool. I love it. I, should, I'm um, I'm really into it. We should uh, they, obviously we should apply for press accreditation yes. and see if they'll fly us over yeah. there next year. That'd Let, be good. Good plan. Let's yeah. get let's get planning we'll that. See what the wives have to say about that. Now now down the road at the weekend we had the Porrit Classic, um, yep. which I was hoping to go and run at actually, but. Um, Health, health things have stood in the way. Yeah. Um, but talk us through the results, mate. It was. <laughs> it could have been such an exciting meeting. We're coming off talking about nitro. Yeah. So uh, that meeting ran from midday through till about eight thirty at night. So you you what nitro or no, park classic? Park classic. Oh wow! And so you're talking two opposite ends of the spectrum. And I I know most of the officials at Park Classic. I grew up yep. in Hamilton. They're great officials, but they're not. They don't package this meet together to entertain the general public. Yeah. You know, it's an athletics meet, and they do it slowly. There's big gaps between the races. So, to be honest, it was a freaking boring day um, <laughs> with some very exciting interludes that I'm going to touch on now. So Do they have cheerleaders or something no, to keep it interesting? Nothing, Bands, nothing. dancing? And, oh. you know, they had, they had an announcer who was okay, um, but, you know, didn't max it. You've got Tom Walsh. Uh, Rio Olympic Games bronze medalist, bronze medalist. You should have had someone there 
every time he was throwing, getting the yep. crowd G'd up. Make the most of that, you know. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's really worth it. Um, so Tom Walsh threw great. He threw 20.70 metres. Um, that was his best. Pretty consistent throwing. Um, you know, pretty satisfying start to the season, I think, from Tom Walsh. And really exciting because Jack O'Gill has thrown 21. Mm. Tom Walsh has thrown 20.7. They're about to meet head-to-head. I think they're meeting at the Auckland Track Challenge. If not, they're definitely meeting at Nationals in four weeks' time in Hamilton. So, this battle, eh, oh mate, I can't wait! I can't wait. So, are you in Jacko camp or are you? In yeah, Tom no, I'm camp? Team Jacko. Oh, I've yeah. always been Team Jacko, <laughs> mate. Ever since those videos came out on YouTube, I'm was... Team Jacko as well. But I like Tom too. Can I be in two teams? No, you've got to choose. Oh. It's it's like Twilight. <laughs> you've got to choose. <laughs> uh, look, other highlight for me. Because I know him and he's a great guy. Ben Langdon Bennell, a javelin throwing superstar in waiting, um, broke 80 metres for the first time. Wow. Hit, hit a Commonwealth Games qualifying mark. He lives and trains in Hamilton now. So I remember last year, you know, Stu Farquhar's retired. Who's next? He's next. Yep, step and, up uh, to the plate. He has stepped up big time, throwing a big PB hit that qualifying mark for the Commonwealth Games. So, uh, you know, his selection has got to be ratified, and that's actually quite complicated because they've got a stupid, stupid quota system in place. We're only allowed 19 athletic members in our team. Uh. But, you know, um, still... And 80 metres, I think he's actually going to nudge that uh, quite a bit this season. I wouldn't be surprised to see him go further. So uh, very, very excited for my mate Ben Langdon Bunnell, Palmerston North Athletic Club. Um, look, I'm going to... Field events were actually the highlight. Hamish Kerr, <laughs> he's a high jumper from Wanganui. We need to change the name of the yeah, show. Yeah, well, he jumped 217. Two metres... Wow. And 17 centimetres. So just... What's yeah. the height of the average ceiling? Probably, what, 220? Uh, ceiling is, is 210, generally. Wow. So, yeah, he's jumping... <laughs> over, you know, over your ceiling, he's jumping, the jib. He's jumping well over that phone box that's right there in front of us. So, really impressive stuff. Hamish Kerr from Wanganui. I think he's also a Palmerston North Club member. Uh, pretty good. Eliza McCartney was there. She was competing. She jumped uh, 440, a meet record. So, that was okay. Um... John O. Jackson and Olivia Byrne won some 5,000s. I don't think they'd be that impressed with their time. 16.24 for Olivia and 15, uh, 14.58 for John O. He actually ran faster at a club night mm. last week. And then, Team Barry McGee taking out the win. Team Barry McGee taking the yeah. double. Yeah, he was looking, um, watching thoughtfully from just in front of me. So, yeah, oh, Barry's high mileage athlete's doing well. And the other kind of Really big highlight on the track. Joshua Hawkins finally nailed the New Zealand uh, resident record for the 110 meter hurdles. Oh, cool! So what what was the time? Thirteen point nine eight. Cool. So under fourteen seconds. Um, Joshua Hawkins, as a young fella, he did very very well at World Juniors, yep. uh, and I think World Youths over a slightly lower hurdle, and he hasn't quite translated that to the 110 the high high hurdles if you look at those on tv and you see people go over them you oh that's no problem bugger that those hurdles are up to about my nipple height <laughs> they're massive it's an impressive race it's, live yeah, eh? very it's so very cool. impressive and yeah if you ever get a chance after the race just go just walk out onto the track and get a feel for how high those hurdles are yeah. in real life 
they are not exaggerating. They're up to my nipple height, and I'm five ten. So it's it's a truly <laughs> impressive athletic event. So he beat James Mortimer's record. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, and so James yeah. Mortimer, uh, you know, great sprinter and um, coach of Liam Malone now, obviously. Yeah. So, and coach of uh, Joseph Miller, who just ran oh, that nice. 10.3. So, yeah, really good stuff uh, and enjoyable meets um, and some great kind of standout performances from a few elites. Very cool. Cool. Um, now, we had a couple of performances over in the States. Um, it's indoor season oh, at the moment. A couple. Um, There's heaps. <laughs> yeah, there were heaps. heaps. But the, the standout for me was Matt Baxter going 13.44 in the 5K, which, yeah. is, uh, which is a huge PB, and that must put him ranked number one, certainly for the year, um, in, amongst Kiwis, like calendar oh, amongst year. amongst Kiwis, yeah. I thought yeah. you were about to say in the NCAA. And I was <laughs> like, no, no, might get in the top. 20 or so with yeah, his time. Yeah, still might be in the top Oh, 20. yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, that's an amazing time. A huge PB, like a 25-second PB, they're saying. Um, really good signs for what he's going to do outdoors. Yeah. You know, running 13-44, mid-season indoors, that's uh, that's pretty pleasing. Look, another one I picked out, Olivia Burden, who's only 19, she's broken the New Zealand junior mile record. Wow. So pretty impressive. She ran 436.98 indoors. Um, and, yeah, that, that's pretty cool. Olivia Burden, born in New Zealand. Uh, I believe she's grown up on the Gold Coast there, and now she's obviously running over in the States. And I wasn't quite able to track down what school she's <laughs> running for, but we'll, we'll uh, finalise that and let you know next week. So is cool. there any others uh, you picked out? Um, well, well, the other big news was the, um, the Helberg Awards. Um, and so athletics had quite a prominent, um, prominent position in the awards. So Liam Malone taking out the uh, the disabled sports person of the year. Um, and I've got to say, I don't know what your opinions are of this uh, working in disabled sport, but um, should he have been up for for sports person of the year? I would have yeah, thought. Yeah, this is an interesting one, and it's an ongoing debate. So he's eligible as disabled sports person of the year eligible for the overall award yeah um but no he's not eligible for the open award because he competes as a disabled sports person sure it's something i struggle with a little bit yeah but i do understand it okay so don't be confused so his you know i i would lay claim to the fact that he's new zealand's preeminent sprinter full stop yeah you know end of story um is you know but if we had let's say joseph miller went to the commonwealth games and picked up a medal in the 100 meters there you know how comparing that you know individual medal at a commonwealth games to some medals that uh or you know gold medals that that Liam would win. That that comparison is it's really difficult for the public to understand. Yeah, and oh, I mean, the, I've got a problem with the whole awards because comparing sports with sports is just fraught with controversy. Yeah, and it's I, so subjective. It's, it's so yeah. subjective. We tend to heavily favour sports that we like. 
Yeah. So we've, you look through our awards, we've got lots of rugby players and rugby coaches and rugby teams. Yeah. And I'll go on record any day of the week, rugby's a joke international sport. So, <laughs> you're, you know, if, if you're the best in New Zealand, you're generally the best in the world in rugby. So yeah. <laughs> whoop-de-doo, you know, it's a pretty, it's not really a, a, a great standard that we're comparing ourselves to. I would argue that the average uh, national level athletics participant trains harder than an All Black. Hmm. You know, that's cool. in fact, oh, I think, I think that's a bit of a slam dunk case that, that <laughs> they do train harder than All Blacks. Um, but anyway, Mike. Yes. So that, that's. <laughs> I, I'll leave it there. I don't really like the awards, and obviously, if anyone's read the paper, they know my opinions on the Halberg Foundation. So uh, I might leave it there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'll cover off the rest of the the news from the Halberg Awards. Um, so Eliza McCartney won New Zealand's favourite sporting moment of the year award, which I think is really cool. And then other finalists were Valerie Adams. Uh, for Sportswoman, Nick Willis and Tom Walsh both for Sportsman of the Year, Anna Grimaldi for Disabled Sportsperson and Jeremy McColl for, for Coach. So those those five names were uh, nominations. Mm. Um, thing I did like is I saw a few pictures of all of the athletics people together. Yeah. You know, and they were all, all obviously shared a table and got a few social media pics. That actually would have never happened in the past couple of reasons uh we wouldn't have had enough athletes athletics people being finalists yeah uh and secondly you know athletics in new zealand just wouldn't have been organized enough to make sure everyone got together and had a picture yeah so you know that people bemoan the state of the sport or, or the job that athletics new zealand does i'm actually pretty positive of where about where we're heading as a sport very cool yeah. Now, um, into more multi-sport news rather than running, but yep. we, we thought we'd better cover it off the Coast to Coast, which involves, I think it's a 32k, 34k mountain run? Yeah, 32k mountain run, a bit of, bit of kayaking, a bit of mountain biking, and, and a time trial yeah, uh, road yep. bike. So, yeah, yeah, it's a really cool event, obviously. Um, so winning the race was Sam Clark, who beat uh, reigning champ Braden Curry. Yeah. Um, by about eight minutes, so I don't know if how close that was or whether um, it came yeah. down to. So what? Braden Curry had a pretty big lead. He's uh, he's pretty good on the running and the biking, as yep. evidenced by the fact that he's won quite a few international seventy point three half Ironman races. Yeah. Um. So a pretty big lead going into the kayak, and uh, Samuel Clark just mowed down a twelve minute lead on the kayak and uh and managed to hang on. I think it's a mountain bike and a little bit of a jog to finish. So Yeah. Yeah, it's um qu- quite a huge upset, Braden Curry. You know, he's a busy man, does a lot of stuff. But um, you know, by any measure he was a huge favourite for that race. Cool. And cool to see Sam Manson, he's a, a local Auckland trail runner, um, in third place, so good on you, Sam. Yeah. Um and in the ladies we had a veteran take out the win, Alina Usher, who I'm guessing is Richard Usher's yeah, uh, bit, wife. Yeah. Yeah. So lovely lady yeah, and so she, uh, accomplished athlete yeah so she took it out in 13 11 um, just ahead of Robin Owen and Hannah Wells so yeah. cool event and I'm, I'm stoked that it's still going and it's in the hands of some new owners yeah no longer the Spates coast to coast no. it's the Kathmandu coast to coast very so. responsible not encouraging yeah. the uh, the old overconsumption of beer is it something you'd ever look to do Hayden well I'm pretty sure I'd drown in the river 
so I'd get halfway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I looked at this after me and some mates did Iron Man, and then we're like, right, logical next step. Yeah. Coast to coast. <sighs> so the costing, yeah. just, you know, buying the kayak, buy, buying all the gear, out. and then the entry fee, you need a support person. So that's all up, I costed it out conservatively. It was going to cost me about 10 grand. Wow. Yeah. I, Iron Man cost me about six all yep. up. Um, so I was just like, nah. Yeah, so much gear. I'll, I'll go, but when I'm rich and old, I might give it a crack. But yeah, I'll stick to the running. Pair of $35 Safitas <laughs> from Number One Shoes, <laughs> and you're away. Yeah, yeah. What I really want to start is a race that goes coast to coast in Auckland from the Tasman Sea, starts at Piha, yep. and you finish by jumping off the wharf at the cloud bottom of Queen Street. How mm. cool would that be? It's do about you, 42k. Do you have to jump in? Um, yeah, you finish by jumping in the water. You've got to touch the water to finish. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So you can dip your toe in. <laughs> yeah, I think it would be an epic run, 42k. Um, you could do some trails, be some road running. Yeah. be nice. I'm actually uh, talking about organising events, having a chat soon with the guy who owns the, uh, or doesn't own, leads the Lydiard Marathon. So obviously oh, that's nice. yeah, yeah. had a few years in hiatus. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to catch up with him and just see if there's a, uh, any assistance I can add to, to get that race up and running again. Yeah, it's a shame so, that's yeah, not, not going I mean, right. if it is in memory of uh, of Arthur Lydia, then I think it's something that uh, needs to be driven, so yeah. I'll have a look and see what that looks like. They should start it from his house. Yeah, well, maybe. <laughs> the, the new tenants <laughs> yeah, would love it. <laughs> they won't mind. Look, you've got to understand, yeah. this is important. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, that's the end of the show today. A lot of news to cover off and a bit of coverage um, focus on the, the Nitro Athletics, which I think is a cool, a cool new sign for the sport and exciting, exciting times to come. So thanks for tuning in to the Kiwi Running Show, everyone. If you'd like to stay in touch, jump on tempofit.org slash Kiwi Running Show, I think it is. Yep. Um, but Google us, you'll find us. And email us at krs at tempofit.org. Happy running, everyone. Catch you next week. On the phone with us is Tim Cornish, all the way from Wellington. He's just arrived back from from Melbourne a few days, um, well, just over a week there, participating in the Nitro Athletics Series. So, Tim, how are the legs and how was the experience over there in Melbourne? Yeah, legs were a little sore sort of earlier in the week, but um, uh, sort of back into sort of full training, so it seemed to be sort of pulled up quite well. But, um, yeah, really enjoyed the week um, with the team and uh, um, certainly a great concept. So, um, yeah, certainly keen to let you guys know how we got on here. Yeah, it's definitely been really exciting to follow. I guess to kick us off, how did you first hear about Nitro Athletics and how did you get uh, involved in uh, the opportunity to be part of the first ever New Zealand team to a Nitro Athletics comp? Yeah, so it's sort of an interesting, um, I guess, um, one we sort of heard sort of inkling around sort of the FX Australia scheduling sort of early last year um, that sort of they might have a few ch- key changes. So the, historically they sort of had um, a lot of sort of uh, high performance meets. So they had one in Sydney, uh, Ma- Melbourne, sort of GP and a few others around, I think one in Perth. So they sort of had a bit of more of a series. That, um, but uh, this time they obviously want to do things a lot differently here. And... Uh, it was only really confirmed late last year, so the Athletic Zealand put sort of a release out in December, and they said, uh, look, we're wanting to get sort of um, a number of guys uh, 
and girls that um, so it's 12 and 12 and a team and, and here are your requirements so we had about a week to sort of put in your EOI here and um, uh, spoke with my coach about it I initially hadn't really put it on the radar because uh, one I was unsure if I'd get selected and two uh, I guess there's a lot of risk around an event like that where it's sort of more of a I wouldn't call it a novelty but you know it's sort of not traditional racing uh, yeah. and you're running a lot of races in a short space of time so uh, yeah. that was sort of my concern and a lot of other athletes uh, but um, given sort of where I was at in the season and my training uh, they said look give it a go it's an opportunity and then uh, put the name in and then uh, yeah I mean sort of a couple of days later got the email and uh, then we went to Melbourne, so uh, cool. um, yeah, it happened all, all pretty quickly in the space of sort of a, a week, so we didn't have long to let Athletics Australia know that we were keen and uh, um, we had a group of athletes to go, so uh, um, yeah, pretty quickly um, to get that, that team announced. And was this your first time wearing a, a New Zealand singlet? Yeah, I mean, I've sort of um, been named in one or two Oceania teams sort of, uh, um, or what I mean, a few years ago, but sort of yeah. hadn't really decided to go to those uh, um, just due to sort of scheduling and sort of, uh, you know, um, finding the right development path for me. So that was the first time that to uh, um, put on the New Zealand singlet. So that was um, quite cool. Very cool. That's pretty exciting. And I guess, you know, you mentioned some of your concerns initially looking at it. But looking back on it now, having come through the other side, for where you're at in your career, you know, you're one of the, you're really putting it out there on the line, kind of going old school. You know, you're quite clearly indicating that you want to run sub four minute miles and get to major games and and doing all the right work to get there. You know, what 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 were the benefits of of this condensed kind of competition in a short space of time? Uh, looking forward to to your goals in the future. Well, the benefits for me, I mean, uh, um, uh, last year obviously I had a lot of injuries and didn't do a lot of racing or training for that matter. So uh, we sort of uh, had to open up the season quite late and uh, obviously readjust training. So I haven't done a lot of, you know, uh, as much training as I was at, I would like it. So uh, I had a couple of races prior to uh, um, in the Classic Series, so prior to Melbourne, and uh, they weren't great, but, you know, they were ticking some boxes and I was out there racing and I was, you know, fortunate and happy to do that. Uh, but the key... Uh, for me, and we, we treated sort of a sort of hard racing where you don't worry about times. It's more about a kind of placing, but just sort of hard effort. So uh, a lot of time you do, people do a lot of training and not a lot of racing, and uh, you know they sometimes get the reward and sometimes they don't. So example for for Nitro for me was I get three hard races, uh, and uh, you can get sometimes more benefit out of hard racing as opposed to you know the training effect itself. Uh, so yeah. I'm hoping that uh, the last week of hard racing will hopefully uh, you know build a bit more I don't know, endurance or sort of race hardness in the legs and then that'll help me sort of uh, uh, later in the season but the thing is as well you know it's a uh, an opportunity where for me I guess a lot of my sort of competitors or you know training mates you know don't really make it past 25 or early 20s in terms of running so uh, once you sort of get to sort of that age where you get past 25 uh, you're either sort of really making a go of it or sort of maybe takes a back seat and seat and you sort of focus on other things in life which is understandable but so uh, I guess it's one of those things that you know I didn't want to be one of those ones who regretted not taking the opportunity uh, when it was available uh, because I think in this sport where a lot of people take 
you know, take the long-term approach, oh, I want to make a world championship or come off games, Olympics, and uh, say, well, I won't do that because they look at the negative side where a lot of the team, uh, you know, that was the first time a New Zealand team and some of them had been to a number of sort of junior or other sort of, um, you know, um, championships as well uh, and thoroughly enjoyed it and got a lot of benefit out of it. To, so I guess it's sort of just the way you, you know, approach it to, and the way you, you know, see the event itself. If you sort of look at the negatives, then, you know, the, then it's, you know, the negatives are always going to be there, but there are some positives as well you can get out of it. So yeah, I was fortunate sure. enough, I think, that, uh, you know, I made the right choice and uh, hopefully from there this sort of list my season and, uh, you know, really great experience racing sort of some other top athletes. So you don't really get that to, you know, um, very often. And, uh, you know, I got three opportunities, which was great to... Cool. Now, yeah. what what races did you did you do? I know you did the elimination mile, but what other ones did you go in? Yeah, so it's a bit of a mixed bag, and that was sort of the uh, I guess our approach as a team was uh, yeah. you have to be prepared to be flexible, and uh, um, so I wouldn't say not knowing what you're going to do because if you're a distance athlete, you're probably going to do distance races. Uh, mm. uh, so I was initially down to do a couple of other races, uh, but um, given the way it worked out, to um, we sort of um, switched a few things up, but. Uh, so I ended up on the first night doing the three-minute run relay. So that, that's sort of an interesting concept where um, you have a male and female athlete. Uh, and in this case, the female athlete runs for three minutes uh, and they stop and they get rounded to the nearest 25 metres. So whether that's forward or backwards. Uh, right. And then you only get 45 seconds to get to your start point. Uh, and uh, then you get a gun fired again and then you go so you just race for three minutes again. So uh, it's quite an interesting concept as such where on the second leg that you could be either sort of up in the race or you could be 25, 50 metres or, you know, probably around that distance um, back. So you've got to obviously do some catching up uh, or, um, you know, try and hold off, you know, other people who are sort of charging up the field. So uh, um, that was quite an interesting concept for me because uh, um, we sort of um, were – we did pretty well um, – on the first night, so we got third equal in the end. Uh, but um, some of the other athletes, I think the Australian team had some Olympians, so they were sort of further ahead. So um, we had to do a bit of work to try and catch him, although we didn't. But um, uh, you know, that was sort of quite an interesting concept that race in terms of uh, you know how you approach it. Do you go out hard, or do you sort of play a bit more sort of a, a consistency and click up the laps for three minutes and then sort of push towards the end? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. So it's sort of uh, you know, quite a hard one to manage. So um, I did that one on the um, first night and on the Saturday. So uh, yeah. I had two cracks at that. And uh, um, fortunately enough, um, Laura Nagel and um, Esther did a really good job with the team. So uh, um, yeah. we sort of uh, um, finished quite well up the field. So uh, I think the first night we were third equal and then the uh, um, following Saturday we were fourth. So uh, oh, um, they did a really good job um, helping me out. To, so we got into a good spot where we could, uh, well, I could run, run my best uh, um, but the, the more of the interesting one for me was Thursday night. I ended up doing the elimination mile, which um, uh, that was probably one of my better runs uh, during the um, competition. Uh, so um, for anyone who didn't catch it, it's uh, obviously six athletes, uh, uh, four laps, and uh, every lap someone gets knocked out until there's three left, and then you race over the last lap. Uh, so uh, it's sort of okay. uh, kind of an interesting concept where it ends up being sort of a big sort of kick towards the um, end uh, or the last sort of 200 metres uh, and uh, then the last person's knocked out. So I ended up making it to, to, um, uh, right through, through the uh, the mile and not being eliminated. To, but um, I can tell you it's uh, a lot more difficult than the 800. So uh, yeah. 
um, you know, a lot, a lot of sort of lactic acid and uh, um, feeling like rubbish. But um, uh, the, the key thing you've got to realise in a competition like that, where you know, although you want to win every race or every event, you need to be strategic about how you approach events uh, and what you sort of can get the best out of it. So for me, uh, probably in the mile third was probably the best I was going to get to. And then once I got to the last lap, I sort of shut it down a bit because uh, there's really no point me exhausting too much effort over the last lap to, to sort of finish sort of, you know, five, ten seconds back, at, you know, if I could to when I had to race the following Saturday, you know, the next Saturday. So, the, yeah. Um, yeah, sort of a, quite fun for the crowd, I'd say, but not very enjoyable for the effort. Yeah. <laughs> and... Oh, sorry, Amish, I was just going to say, it looks really awesome, like I watched the video, and as soon as you cross the finish line, everyone kind of slows down, and then it, it just winds up, and then everyone's sprinting again down that home straight, um, so it's quite a sort of spectator-friendly um, friendly event, because it's never boring, every 60 seconds or so, it's, yeah. it's winding up again. Well, that's right, and the, and the fans love it because the, the funny thing is, is that uh, the first night was elimination mile, but the following two evenings, uh, um, in the competition went to be a straight mile. Uh, but the fans loved it so much that they ended up changing to elimination mile uh, oh, cool. um, for oh, wow. all the competition. Uh, but um, uh, it's kind of like the tactics are real key because uh, obviously you've got to worry. You know, I guess the key thing people saying, you know, you don't have to chase a line, so you don't have to be up the front of the field all the time. Uh, um, you only need to you know worry about getting not getting knocked out but the key thing is that uh, once you for the first lap or two it's about your kick but then it really comes more of a test of endurance and strength uh, so you've got to be keeping your eye on the person coming last or right next to you if you're running sort of towards the back uh, but then you don't want to get too disconnected to the leaders because then you've got to probably going to get knocked out on the next lap anyway if they're too far ahead uh, so it's sort of uh, once you get sort of you know past a lap or two then you've got to keep your mind on the front as well where uh, because as you see in some of the races, it started to stretch out and then uh, you sort of knew who was going to get eliminated anyway and then it just comes into more of a mile race because um, I think Ryan Gregson ran about 4.04 on the Thursday night, the race I was in, which was, you know, in my opinion, a bloody impressive run uh, yeah, given yeah. all the surging uh, um, yeah. uh, involved in that. So, um, yeah, that they got sort of uh, um, uh, really behind at the crowd and uh, I guess, you know, every time the Aussies won, you know, there was sort of big roars and everything. So, the... Um, uh, I think they thoroughly enjoyed it, you know, an Aussie, uh, Aussie win there. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us a little about the crowd. We've heard mostly positive, but then some not so positive reviews. From your perspective as a competitor, you know, what did you think of the crowds and, and how how much were they into it? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's probably a different, you know, from your sort of traditional... Uh, um, track and field meets. I mean, for me, that was probably the largest c- crowd I've raced in myself. I mean, I've been to the Drake Relays where they've got probably more, you know, um, uh, spectators, you know, sort of 15,000 plus. So, um, I think Lakeside Stadium fits around sort of 8,000 or so. Or I think it's just at, just under 9,000. Uh, yeah. So the uh, both Saturdays are pretty much a sellout, uh, and then the Thursday was sort of just under capacity. Uh, but um, the key thing with, with Nitro, they weren't trying to uh, appeal to the general athletics fan, although, you know, everyone wants to come and see the top athletes race anyway. Uh, um, there was a lot of kids in the crowd, uh, so uh, um, a lot of, you know, new new sort of fans to the sport as well who wanted to see Bolt and see what it was about. Uh, but um, I think the key thing was sort of, uh, you know, uh, more fan engagement. To, so uh, the athletes around there, I mean, you know, I signed probably more autographs in my life than I ever have for, yeah, um, cool. You know, and people wanting photos, uh, um, you know, really getting them behind it. Uh, the athletes were on the track, uh, so you know, I could have been, uh, you know, 
and lane three, you know, when sort of the mile was on or I could run over the infield and, uh, you know, as long as the javelin wasn't on uh, and <laughs> cheer on some mates on the back straight. Uh, so uh, I think it was sort of more a unique concept where there was so much going on uh, that, you know, the fans really loved it. Uh, and, you know, there was sort of dances and uh, entertainment interviews and that. Uh, so there was a lot going on as opposed to your normal traditional meet where there's so many gaps within the program because uh, given it was on Channel 7 in Australia that uh, it sort of had to be run uh, to the sort of you know time schedule so uh, there weren't huge delays uh, so uh, I think overall the fans really enjoyed it uh, the only sort of negative effect uh, um, you know or, or I guess if there was a negative out of it is that uh, if you didn't understand the competition and the events uh, it's like any sort of, you know, event you go to like the rugby, you're not going to get a huge amount of commentary here, as opposed to I know some people watch the live television online or the replay package. They obviously got a bit more sort of a overview of what the events are about and so forth and, you know, the actual athletes and commentary. So that's the only negative thing, but I think you're going to get that at most events if you're actually watching it live. Yeah, absolutely. Now the big question is, did you get to meet Usain Bolt? Well, I did meet him, yeah, many oh, times. Yes. I mean, I didn't get a photo because I'm not that type of person, uh, yeah. um, you know, if I'm there to comp- compete. Uh, but, um, you know, plenty of people in the team, uh, um, did, it was quite cool because, uh, you know, as I mentioned, we could all be on the track and he was there and he was partying up and, uh, you know, um, really putting on a show. And, you know, uh, I think the first night we had a few wins in the sprints and he wasn't too pleased about that. To, uh, <laughs> that we had the lead for a while and, you know, he was cracking some jokes and, uh, you know, a bit of banter. Um, that you know he wouldn't be signing any autographs or taking any selfies until her, his team was on top. But um, <laughs> uh, I think that's a key thing where you know where a lot of those you know top athletes. I mean, the Suffer Power was there and a few other sort of stars as well were really getting behind the concept and the crowds and uh, you know interacting with the athletes and people. Where um, so it's not like you know you do your hundred meters and you go off the track and you haven't been seen again. Uh, you know that Usain Bolt was on the track the whole night. Uh, so right. um, uh, you know everyone got to see him. Uh, signing autographs and really mixing with the athletes as well. So, uh, yeah, we got plenty of opportunities to um, uh, uh, meet the stars and, you know, then meet us. So, uh, um, yeah, really enjoyable there. That's pretty cool. cool. Now, keeping in mind that we operate on a slightly smaller scale over here, do you think there's any scope for us to take any of these events or, or any of these ideas from Nitro Athletics and apply them to what we do here in New Zealand? Or... Is, was it all about the star power and, you know, unless we can get Usain Bolt, it's it's probably not worth, uh, you know, diddling with what we do? Well, that's the big question is that with an event like that, uh, if Bolt wasn't to be there, then uh, would it be of an, you know, would it have been a success, success? And I think that's sort of the question yet to be answered. I mean, I know uh, um, Nitro's got um, uh, two more years in Melbourne and uh, um, Bolt's a big part of that because he's a shareholder in New Zealand uh, I think the key thing is that you know you find it for a lot of other sporting events where it's quite a hard market to crack I mean you look at the nines for example and that sort of started off as a success and that sort of fizzled a bit and then with the sevens as well where uh, it's a bit of a tough one to say I mean I think if you got Bolt you know to come to New Zealand and race then I think that would draw a you know draw a crowd regardless but uh, it's a bit of a chicken. I think there's a bit more scope around it, making things a bit more flexible in terms of, you know, maybe, for example, where, you know, it might not draw a crowd, but, you know, say uh, in Wellington, uh, we have a few local relays in the cross country like the Shaw Baden and so forth, maybe uh, making that more of a sort of uh, a mixed race with males and females uh, because I don't I like think that. it's just about, cool. 
drawing drawing crowds to the sport. I think at the yeah. same time it's sort of trying to, you know, I guess freshen up the sport. So the you know the the I guess uh, you know the calendar and the events offered to you know the change every year, or there's a bit yeah. more sort of um, you know the um, freshness to the calendar because I know that in a lot of centres you know it's the same calendar every year and it does get boring a little bit. To, so it's kind of hard to say. I mean, uh, I guess the key thing is that to you know that there was a lot of investment in Nitro and I'm sure, you know, with there's a lot of sponsorship involved in there as well and they, you know, they they came out all right. But whether that would work in a uh, New Zealand setting or not to um, uh, Melbourne's, you know, that it's, you know, the sporting capital of Australia. I think one of the Saturday nights they had to um, women's AFL on, they had to, uh, the Melbourne Derby and the uh, A-League footballer, they had a Bruce Springsteen concert on and then they had Nitro on all one night to, <laughs> but they've yeah. still got massive pr- crowds out, so uh, yeah. it's, well, look, I guess it's that hard thing in New Zealand where I don't think we've got the, uh, you know, the, I guess uh, the the crowds, and you know, you can only really have one big event in one centre, you know, yeah. or, or city oh. at one time. So it's kind of hard to say. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd love to see the stars come down under, and I think we might have a room to do something. Uh, you know, if it's going to be something that will be next year, given the Commonwealth Games. Uh, so hopefully maybe a New Zealand or someone who's uh, wanting to bring a new concept or something yeah. else to New Zealand that with some of these meets can get some of these stars involved for some pre pre competition to Commonwealth Games then yeah. to, then really market it behind that because it's great to see uh, some more fans coming along and uh, you know more spectators in the seats because I tell you now I'll probably go down to I think we've got the Wellington Champs on the weekend and some of the other meets and uh, you know it'll seem a little bit more sort of local but the feel because uh, it's just you know so many people and so much stuff going on there you know it was a really fun event too yeah I, I always like to remind people because i'm i'm old and i was there but leading into the 2000 sydney olympics uh domestic track and field took a really huge upswing here in new zealand we had uh noan yen and um carl lewis and all sorts of guys coming out here to to race in the classics um so you know i, I think it is eminently doable but look I'm pitching now for uh, anyone who wants to invest. I'm thinking Duco Events needs to get into the track and field game. Yes. And what <laughs> I want to see is Jack O'Gill versus Joseph Parker in some kind of an exhibition bout. Uh, or maybe maybe it's just Jack O'Gill and Tom Walsh. Maybe throwing shot puts at each other. Yeah, I don't know. Mix something something like this. I think there's something yeah, you there. You have to think of a crazy event. Uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no. Excellent. Hey, um, we're going to let you go. We're sure, we're, we're sure you've got some training to go and get stuck into. So, thanks very cool. much for your time, Tim. Just quickly before you go, what's next on, on your racing schedule leading into nationals? Yeah, I mean, the next big one for us, uh, uh, well, for, for most of the distance guys, would be uh, the Auckland Track Challenge. So that's in, uh, I think, about a week on a Sunday. Uh, and then we're probably going to organise another sort of, um, uh, sort of, well, I wouldn't say more local, but uh, maybe a quick 15 up in Auckland uh, um, the week or so prior to national. So there's a couple of opportunities coming up. Uh, so hopefully uh, some of the big boys can come out and we can get some fast times uh, um, tucked by for nationals. Cool. Now, now, if people want to follow you, you're on on Instagram. Um, so give us your give us yeah, your handle. Yeah, I'm on there. What's that? Um, well, I've just changed my I've just changed my Instagram name. I think it's uh, Tim. Uh, it's underscore, but there's two underscores, and then it's Cornish. Uh-huh. So um, uh, 
Tim double underscore corner shift and that, same is that as well. Is that because there was a, a fake Tim out there with somebody trying to copy your account? There must be someone got someone got to um, that um, t- or Twitter or Instagram name first. So uh, um, if you follow them, uh, um, then you might not um, be able to see what I'm up to. No, but um, either that or you can no add me on Facebook. No of yeah. like topless runners or anything like that. So <laughs> that'll be stink. Not at all. Yeah. 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 Cool. <laughs> Well, thanks again, Tim, and um, we'll definitely catch no up again soon. And all the best for the rest of the season. We will. Cheers, mate. Thank you, guys. See ya. Bye. Bye.